Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of current and classic horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews and discussions may include spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. Today's episode of Daily Horror Habit takes a look at the horror thriller Antebellum. Written and directed by Jared Bush and Christopher Renz, Antebellum follows Eden, played by Janelle Monet, an African-American woman who finds herself trapped on a plantation that might have more behind its origin than it originally lets on. And to help me weed through the mystery of Antebellum is returning friend of the show, Max. Max, welcome back to the show, man. How's it going? Not too bad. Uh, I'm excited to talk about Antebellum with you. This is, uh, this is a movie that I think could best be described as sort of like Black Mirror, Twilight Zone influenced in a way, except yeah. stretched out into a feature film. This movie that uh, takes this kind of far out concept that really kind of has this mood to it throughout the entire thing where you can get the sense that something is wrong, but you can't really quite put your finger on what it is. And then you kind of spend the whole movie obviously trying to uh, suss out what is going on and uh, trying to kind of decipher this mystery. But uh, I'm curious what your overall impression of this movie was, because uh, this is one that from what I've read online, there was a lot of controversy around. Um, and I'm just interested to kind of chat about it with you. All right. Um, I thought it was great. Honestly, I, uh, I, how the movie opened, I thought it was going to be like a historical fiction piece or a historical thriller. Um, but you know, twists and turns, man. Like I was not expecting it at all. Um, and then when you mentioned it was a kind of like a black mirror esque, you know, feel to it. Um, I just, I just wasn't expecting a twist. It got me completely off guard. Uh, I thought it was going to be the little Easter eggs they put in throughout the movie. I thought it was, I thought it was going in a completely different direction than what it went. So I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, and as far as the controversy is concerned, I don't. I didn't see any controversial aspects of it. Maybe my my tolerance for controversy or what would be considered offensive is maybe a little higher. But as far as it being controversial, I, I don't think it's any more controversial than other movies I've seen or even, you know, it couldn't be any more controversial than Django or you know, <laughs> some of these other, you know, uh, the Civil War movies yeah so but what, what do you think yeah i th you know i think i see both sides of it i think my initial uh sort of reaction to the first 40 minutes of the movie was is that it became pretty grating i think just because really they're like establishing the realities of what the period was like and kind of like seeing how african-americans were treated in the uh, south during the civil war and things like that um it kind of was just grating because it was sort of just like this loop of a trauma highlight reel almost, right? It kind of, it goes from people being murdered and then people being um, sexually assaulted and then all these things. And I felt that like the first 40 minutes was kind of just like stuck on that one note. And it didn't really, I felt like it didn't necessarily really serve any purpose to the greater narrative other than like, remember that this is bad kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't feel yeah. like they were they were necessarily like they didn't have anything to say other than showing you kind of like these traumatic moments other than to be like, remember how awful these things were. And right. I, I, I don't know. I just I didn't feel like there was a commentary that went along with it other than mm -hmm. kind of just like 
what was on the surface, right? That kind of black and white morality. And it, yeah. I thought that if you were going to have it kind of just like stick on that one note for so long, that it would end up sort of maybe there being a greater significance in terms of, I don't know, maybe like exploring trauma or something within the characters. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought that the way that the movie opened was just not very inviting in terms of, and of course it's not supposed to be to a certain degree in terms of portraying this world and the realities of what it was like. And it's a part of history obviously, but I just felt like they were hitting on that sort of like brutality note for so long that it didn't end up serving a greater purpose other than that. Right. It, I see what you mean. Um, it's, it, I think a lot of times the, the brutality you know, especially in these period pieces, that the brutality serves as a foundation, you know, as, as a context for these characters or to overcome um, as not necessarily character building, but I would say a mirror that you can see this character's strength or courage or resilience in. And in this case, looking back on it, I can see where the, the brutality it does. I think it does serve the purpose, but it only it only becomes apparent when you know halfway through the movie. Like I'll 100% agree. Like 45 minutes in, I, I you know I paused the movie to see where we were in the movie. Like all right, 45. I'm about halfway, so like something's gonna happen. But it did drag on, and I was kind of wondering when this um, twist was gonna happen, or when something that's going to push the plot along happened. And I think around the 50 minute mark is when, you know, that first kind of shift uh, happened. I think that's when mm-hmm. the cell phone rang. Yeah. Now, you know, what, what was that? Turns out, <laughs> you know, and then, and then she wakes up in another bed. Is that a dream? Is it, mm-hmm. um, you know, was it a dream? Was it a flashback? Was it a flash? You know, you don't really know where it stands. Um, but yeah, I, I think the first 40 minutes were pretty slow. Uh, but looking back, like I said, I think all that time that they spent establishing the brutality and the, the reality of where she was was pretty meaningful at the extent as that group of people went to build this this new reality. You know, it frankly it kind of reminded me of the village. Um, a lot like it really did and so um yeah i i feel the amount the brutality the amount of work these people put in to establish this reality is just as horrible as uh, the physical acts that they, they put these people through yeah i can i i definitely understand like the the significance of that in terms of them like re- really exposing the fact that they're not only willing to do these acts but also creating this false reality to live out mm-hmm. this kind of like twisted fantasy of theirs and i mean i've it's not so much the violence that i have a problem with in in relation to like other movies that we've obviously seen with plenty of violence and uh, mm-hmm. plenty of violent moments and things like that I think I just kept waiting for there to be a greater significance and it being like, hey, look at what all these awful people are into kind of thing. And I mm-hmm. think it just, again, like it is a very slow first half in building that I was really just waiting for there to be like more significance or maybe more sort of, maybe like Easter eggs in terms of like hinting at where this is going. So I guess I, what I should have asked you first was, is like, what was your sort of 
understanding of what this movie was before you even watched it. Because I think you and I going into this movie had very different expectations. And I'll tell you why once you kind of tell me your sort of knowledge about the movie going into it. Or did you mm -hmm. just kind of watch it because I suggested we check it out? I had, uh, so I had heard about it. I heard it was kind of a rough movie to watch. And so I just, you know, I wasn't really interested. And then I would say, yeah, I, the main reason I heard it was good. I heard it was rough, um, but, you know, you suggested it. And so then I obviously watched it again uh, and I had no expectations as to what it was. Mm -hmm. um, antebellum, you know, the uh, I mean, it's at, to describe something before war. I assumed it was a Civil War period piece. And so I thought that's what it would be the entire movie you know this woman emancipating herself or maybe there was some darker you know some sort of more sinister things going on the plantation and her trying to leave the plantation um i guess that's kind of what the movie played out to be but i didn't expect it to be a modern movie yeah so i think this movie had some pretty misleading marketing in terms of like i went back to rewatch the trailer because i remember being really intrigued by it and the reason I described it as being Black Mirror-esque is based off of the trailer. Mm -hmm. um, and then actually in watching the movie, I didn't think it was very Black Mirror at all. And the reason that I thought it, I went into it assuming it was going to be some sort of Black Mirror technology film and or playing around with time in a way was because in the trailer, there's two instances where a character, where the character Veronica phases in and out of a scene. And there's, and there's this sort of electronic or technological shimmer that goes over her. And then she's in the present and then the shimmer effect goes over her and then she's in the past. And then in another scene, she's looking up at the airplane and she sees the airplane when she's in the fields. And then the airplane disappears like it glitches out and then it glitches back into the frame. So based off of just those two little moments, the trailers for the film seem to indicate that there was going to be some sort of simulation or some sort of playing around with time in terms of like, oh, jumping back and forwards between time. And then to find out that that has nothing to do with the movie at all. And it's just that this woman has been kidnapped and she's on this basically this sort of like white supremacist uh, country club camp, as it were. Um, I just thought it was really strange. And of course, that was my expectation but I don't think it was a unreasonable expectation to have when it was kind of indicated in the marketing for the movie. Right. I'm one of those people where it's like, I don't usually think people should complain about a movie that doesn't deliver something that they were expecting, but when it seemed to be so implicit in the marketing, mm -hmm. I was very confused why they chose to include that in the marketing, if not to try to form some sort of connection between something like a black mirror um, mm -hmm. in portraying the type of story it was gonna tell. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, even even that first, you know, that flashback. I guess would be the first flashback when the cell phone rings. She hears a cell phone ring. She wakes up mm -hmm. um, in her bed with her husband. I was, you know, I I went from this is a period piece to oh she's she's having a dream. Maybe that's her grandmother and they use or her great grandmother and they're using the same actress to infer the connection, not necessarily say, you know this was, you know, whatever. Um, and, you know, it got into, uh, you know, like taken or something where this, you know, this family who owns slaves 
continue to want to own slaves is kidnapping, um, you know, African Americans and bringing them back. And so that that's what I started kind of formulating that maybe um, she's going to get kidnapped because, you know, well, my great grandfather said that you weren't, your family wasn't actually freed. So you, I still technically own you something like mm-hmm. that. Some really sick sort of corporate, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't put a pin on how this movie was going like at, at any point until, you know, you saw the kidnapping and you're like, okay, this is, this is out a flash forward to flashback. And it was bizarre, interesting, but kind of bizarre. See, that is a much more interesting narrative idea to me. And that was exactly the, what I thought they were going for. I thought that the way that it is so seamlessly um, edited where she wakes up from the plantation bed and then she's waking up in her uh, present day bed and it being linked between the cell phone, but then also like it's her rubbing her lower back and we get that moment. Mm-hmm. And again, like me thinking that this movie had something to do with some type of simulation or something to that effect. I thought that this was going to be a narrative about generational trauma, right? This idea that people in the modern day are still feeling the rippling effects of, more specifically, African-Americans are feeling the rippling effects of slavery, even in contrast of like people saying, oh, well, it was so long ago, when in reality, the ripples and the effects of that are still felt in the modern day. And I thought that that's what they were going for, right? This idea that somehow the past is quite literally affecting the future or vice versa. Somehow she is like returning to the past. Mm -hmm. And then I think to find out that it was just her being kidnapped and taken to this, this plantation, it just, it ended up not being nearly as sophisticated or really interesting as I thought it was going to be. And I found that the way that they edited that moment was so confusing to the degree that, yeah, it, I spent the next 30 minutes thinking, did I misinterpret something or did I misunderstand something? Like, is this supposed to be before or after or simultaneously? Like, did you, it sounds like you kind of had a similar uh, experience with just kind of like how seamlessly that was edited to the degree that it was confusing whether it took place previously, present or post. Yeah. Um, I definitely had a what the fuck moment, you know, like I was watching and, and she wakes up and, and, you know, she wakes up and she rubbed, you know, like rubbed the spot that she got branded and going about a modern day. And I, I said, you know, oh, shit, like, that's that's cool. Like, how are they going to where are they going to go with this? Because it was it was very seamlessly edited and it was very seamlessly. Um, I think it's set up for a great transition into the next phase, whether it be um, a flashback or even kind of this parallel you know, time where something happens in her past that affects her presently. And then they kind of just ebb and flow between these two timelines um, to find out that she was kidnapped just because she's, uh, you know, a, a, a black academic seems a lot more superficial than I thought they were going to be. Um, mm. And I think they had, even though I did, you know, enjoy the movie, you know, through what you, you know, your thoughts um, on it. I, I do think they missed an opportunity to, to have a little more, a little more commentary, whether it's a inferred commentary about, like you said, the ripple effects between slavery and prejudice and, you know, then versus now and how that affects. But 
I was confused. I was very, <laughs> I was very confused to say the least. Yeah, and I, that moment clearly serves as like a what the fuck moment, right? Because that's mm-hmm. the first moment, I think an hour into the movie almost, where you're just like, okay, my understanding of this is clearly not what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And that's intentional, obviously. And I don't have a problem with those types of moments, but it does seem like it was such a clear opportunity to take the narrative in a really interesting avenue. And yet, again, kind of like what we got, it seems like you had said, a missed opportunity. I think your idea about it being like this this sort of generational corporate slavery fucked up mentality, I mean, that sounds like it would be the premise of uh, something that Jordan Peele would direct. And the only reason I mentioned Jordan Peele is because this movie was produced by the producers of Get Out and Us, right? And they purposefully include that in the marketing for the movie. And that's a pretty clear indication like, hey, this is a film that is a horror film, but it has pretty strong social commentary in it. And I think that that would have been a much more, I don't know, I feel like this film tries to present itself as being very grounded and purposefully so, obviously, in its kind of like misdirections and trying to fuck around with the idea of what time period actually takes place in. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I feel like if you kind of went in that heightened altered fantasy sort of like a get out film right it the social commentary is very relevant and it's very grounded but then it's coupled with a completely unrealistic premise right the idea that you're gonna steal black bodies and put white brains into them like Mm -hmm. of course ridiculous but i think that having this type of like corporate slavery this idea oh my grandparents felt that they still owned you so now i'm coming back to finish their work type thing i feel like that's just heightened enough of a fantasy that you could still have very relevant social commentary to it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the premise that they went with this idea that there's a civil war reenactment that nobody knows about that nobody like has uttered a word about or word is not getting around that this is happening. Like that's, that's where I kind of like checked out at the end of the film, this idea that nobody ever found out about this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's still people getting murdered and stuff on this plantation. And the fact that, you could kind of just conceal that and nobody in the outside world would ever know. Right. Uh, that kind of just seemed a little too far-fetched for me. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was set pretty deep in the woods, but, I mean, they had a, you know, that, that burn shed, you know, the cre- little crematorium shed. Right. You know, and I've never spell, smelt uh, a dead body or, or anything like that, but from my understanding, uh, it's, it's, it's awful. You know, so I don't know how no one um, smelled that, you know, the burning body. Granted, it, it was right next to, I don't know how many acres behind that Civil War reenactment and, and whatever else. But, yeah, there's no walls. There's no gates. There was a no trespassing sign. But, I mean, how many people heed the no, no, no trespassing sign, right? So, yeah, I did I did start to check out of this premise. Um towards the end more or less when you should be really engaged in it and like seeking this closure i felt that the closure again was was fairly topical um and as we discuss you know how they could have went people saying that this was a very controversial movie i feel like they shied away from a lot of the controversial topics that they could have spoken on um they did some slight, um, you know, slight commentary when she tried to make the dinner reservation and the person at the front desk gave her a weird look and kind of was sarcastic or whatever else. And then 
at that restaurant where they try to seat him next to the, the dish pit, you know, with all the pile of dishes in the corner, the small table. Um, and, you know, these two instances where it was rude um, and, you know, in some cases disrespectful, but I wouldn't say it was outright hateful. I think if they wanted, if, you know, they're including all these, you know, uh, microaggressions, if you will, they did not really make them so evident and so obvious that they, it could be considered controversial. You know what I mean? I, I think they could have taken, you could have taken two or three more steps into that kind of harsh reality of, you know, a person of color in the, in the country that they're trying to say, but they didn't. And I think, again, I think it was a missed opportunity. I think they could have went two or three more steps and still maintained kind of mainstream film that wouldn't make people, it would make people uncomfortable, but it wouldn't be like rough, you know, wouldn't be marked as controversial. Yeah, I think a lot of what I was reading about in terms of like the controversy was just in terms of like, and I keep coming back to like the first 45 minutes of the film where it's just like, it's almost as if it is a reel of like the greatest hits of trauma from the past, Mm -hmm. right? It kind of, it jumps from beatings to murders to rapes. And then I feel like it really dilutes it to a certain degree that it makes it questionable why it's included when it's so many instances in such a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And then it never really, again, not only is there not a break in anything that's happening, but I, again, I don't feel that anything is actually like being said about it. It's Mm -hmm. kind of just like, it feels very provocative to me for the sake of being provocative. And then I feel like those moments that you mentioned, like the little microaggression moments, I just feel like every single opportunity or every single instance, there is some type of, whether it be a microaggression or one of those sort of like traumas that they keep refreshing, it it started to feel pretty heavy handed and diluting that because it was so frequent. Mm-hmm. It just seemed to me like you, if you include something like that at every single instance, it becomes meaningless because you're not really saying anything with it. You're kind of just like shoehorning this in over and over and over. And I think like you said, if they had just maybe applied a little bit less or maybe had fewer instances of moments like that, but then they actually like fleshed one of those out more Mm -hmm. or had that scene play out more, Mm -hmm. maybe something would have been derived from it other than this is fucked up, which We all know that. Well, I, I assume we all know that, right? This movie yeah. is fucked. Like those events are fucked up, but we know that. I feel like we didn't even get an instance for to get to like know the characters more, because mm-hmm. all the characters the characters don't really respond to what's happening in the sense that there is like growth. Really, I don't even know if that's the right way to put it, but it just feels like it's it's people reacting to horrific things, but it's just saying how fucked up this thing is that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't feel like there was really a conversation. It was it felt like it was just recording people having upset reactions, horrific things. But then it just like moves on to the next horrific event kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I would agree. And I think if they if they put that that flashback a little deeper in the movie, you know, if they focus more on. I believe that if they, they picked one side or the other. So if they focused more as it a period piece or, you know, um, 
let the audience feel like it was a period piece, but have these little teases of it actually being a an extreme reenactment of you know the Civil War and uh, um, Civil War, and you know, for instance, you know, there's a plane flying overhead, and you know those overseers and everything making making them ignore it you know like try really focusing on the reenactment aspect of it with these little teasers of you know maybe they, they hear a plane overhead or you know the one of the women had a tattoo on her ankle mm-hmm. um when you know you saw it after she committed suicide showing that and showing that progression and then kind of including this personal growth or including the plan to escape whatever it is and then at the very last uh, half hour or so during the climax show that you know like how did she get to this point oh she's kidnapped she was brought over here and over the past two months she has been you know forced to in this reenactment which is a horrible reenactment but either pushing that this reenactment with less instances of violence and not trying to shoehorn everything the first 45 minutes and then the next 45 minutes is going to be you know starting from the starting from present day going to the flashback and then working back to the present day if they just either spend more time in the present day and less time doing that you know round robin type of deal i think it would have been more cohesive that way you had more time it, the first 45 minutes wouldn't have to be so aggressive. And I think disjointed is a really good way to put it in that I feel like that moment where we kind of have the what the fuck moment where she wakes up in the past and it, well, it's it's a flashback to the past. I feel like that the editing of that was purposefully done just to be confusing, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's necessarily a good example of editing where it's just it's ham fistily handled to the degree yeah. that you're like you're saying what the fuck because there's no indication of that point that you really have an understanding of the world mm-hmm. and at the same time by doing that it makes you think oh is this in the past or the present or the future but then at the same time like it doesn't end up being that interesting because you find out oh it's just a flashback to her getting abducted and we've been in the present the entire time mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that necessarily makes for like an earned moment really I felt like Again, like the film had an indication of the type of story it was going to tell. And then the direction that they actually ended up going, it feels like we kind of had a diluted version of what it could have been. But I guess early on, I wish too, we had had more sort of like breadcrumbs that at the moment kind of like present themselves as like, that's just weird. What's the deal with that? I don't understand that. And then later in the film, we would obviously, once we learn about the setting and everything, we would understand those moments more with having context. Like for instance, early on in the film, Veronica's tiptoeing around her cabin. And Mm -hmm. we're like, what is that about? Like, that's weird. And she keeps doing it. And then it gets to the point where at the end, when she wants to escape and she does that kind of like exorcist uh, spider walk over the general and you realize, oh, okay. She has been trying to escape more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those sort of like plans that she's devised and refined over time. And I mean, she has that moment to it one or two instances where she's rubbing something on her skin that's clearly from modern day and it's some type of lotion or something like that or wax or something to make herself obviously more i assume slippery in case somebody tries to grab her 
Um, I guess I kind of wish I'd had more moments like that scattered throughout the film mm-hmm. to sort of really kind of hammer home this idea that like, okay, clearly she's either, this is either in the modern day or just sort of more creative ways to make us start to question things rather Mm -hmm. than, again, having that sort of just disjointed editing moment where you start to question things because it's not clearly presented. It's not really, you're not, you don't have to decipher anything in that moment where she wakes up in her bed back home in DC. You're not deciphering anything. You're trying to get a grasp on the time period. And the reason you don't know that is just because they decided to slam this flashback and the way that they introduce it, it makes it seem like there is a, there is some functionality with the way time works that we don't fully grasp. And that's not the case at all. So I found that that was kind of like almost, I don't know, deceptive editing. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but it was one of those things that I kind of was just like, I wish that they had not just kind of made this as black and white as it ended up being. Mm -hmm. But um, earlier you referenced The Village, and I'm curious, since they are two very comparable films in a lot of ways, um, Mm -hmm. in terms of their premise and kind of their plots, I mean, how do you think this film compares to something like The Village in terms of concealing its mystery and then making it just like a believable world to begin with? Right. Um, I think The Village, I think The Village pulls it off a lot better because agree they don't have and you know it it is there are parallels but i guess the narrative is supposed to be a little different in Mm -hmm. in antebellum but there isn't that that aggressive reveal that in the village you know there is there is a reveal and there you know there's something going on but they there's keep to that in reenactment or keep to that their story so well that it is not it is believable because you don't really know you know it's just as far as you're concerned it is just an isolated village where they built this mythos to keep the people around instead of a bunch of racists kidnapping and, and, and beating people and trying to establish you know some sort of reality that um that they have you know uh i do i do feel the village did it better and it, it, again it's a different movie there's a different narrative there's a different process to the storytelling i thought that antebellum was kind of my initial thought that it was just a, a watered down village that they're trying to do too much if they even if even if they kept i think it would have been better if they did the village but with this, you know, in this time, the Civil War reenactment, and then did the village um, with glimpses of, you know, modern day life, or even little snippets or memories of this woman's past life um, as a PhD or whatever else to keep her going forward. I think, you know, spending so much time on her abduction and on her life prior to living on that plantation I think diluted the actual gravity of her situation. Uh, They could have spent another half an hour, 15 15 minutes to a half an hour explaining her current situation instead of saying that, you know, you you could have more concisely explained that she is a successful, intelligent black woman Mm. um, instead of literally showing, literally showing it. Yeah, yeah, literally <laughs> showing it for however that she's 
written a book, she has a PhD, this, that, and the other. Um, there are ways of showing it and telling that without literally going through day leading up to her abduction. Yeah, and I think part of why I find the village to be so plausible is that at its base, it's about generational misinformation or generational manipulation, right? Because it's a whole mm -hmm. generation being brought up into this lie, essentially. So yeah. it's plausible that if that's all you've ever known, you would never question that real that false reality that you're living right. in. Whereas Antebellum, again, talking about how the, I, we assumed that the film was going to talk about generational trauma or something to that extent, if they had chose to have everybody grow up on this reservation and believe that lie that, oh, they're actually living in Confederate times, that would, might become a little more plausible then. Mm -hmm. But again, like for me, it just, and I hate to harp on the, like how plausible or believable something is, but again, like the idea that all of these people, they're just, they're having all these horrific acts imposed upon them and yet nobody in the outside world ever knows about it or has heard about it or has whisperings about it or anything and yeah. it's just a premise that again there's so many little instances where you're like oh they could actually use this and develop this to say something meaningful almost mm -hmm. again this idea that if she if veronica had been brought up in like generational trauma this idea of this generational false reality it could have been used as a stepping stone to kind of talk about how we still have a lot of work to do in this, clearly in this country and in the world right. in general to address racism. If people are living out this fantasy to the degree, this is their new reality kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas this sort of like these people show up when they want to, to live out this sort of fantasy that they have, this sick racist fantasy. It's just a premise where I'm just like, uh, okay, I'm buying less and less into this because there's so many sort of like gaps in how well you could hold up this ruse if you're not like 100% into it. Yeah. And, and also, they're, they're, something that I, I had an issue with is, um, so they kidnap, the, the, the purpose is, you know, breaking the spirit of strong, intelligent uh, black people. You're, but they're still kidnapping and, and more or less torturing a group of, again, you know, uh, motivated, intelligent adults. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, I, I, I understand that essentially in a prison war camp and a, and a kidnapping or this kind of situation, you use constant violence to more or less tame, you know, keep them in line. But you have enough people who are intelligent, who are driven. It's not going to, I'm surprised, you know, more people haven't put two and two together that someone on the property has a cell phone. You know, one person, someone has a cell phone. There are means of communication in that, you know, this one person who tried to escape. Why Why is Veronica the only person who tried to escape? Again, haven't been kidnapped, haven't been put into a work camp before. So, you know, it, it happens. <laughs> it happens all over the world. So I, I understand, uh, you know, the, the plausibility of a kidnap and put them in a work camp and doing all this other stuff. But... I don't know. It just seems that there are having having the the modern world so close. Uh, it it like you said it so close without any walls, without really anything keeping them besides fear and you know nothing's physically keeping them in. 
you know, there's not, like you said, for the village, there's not a generational mythos that they were born into this understanding that there are monsters in the woods. Don't go in the woods, you're going to die. Mm. You know, you, you have an adult who knows they've been kidnapped and what's keeping me from going in the woods. Well, it's either that or you get shot. Right, well, I'm going to take my chances. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And again, like to come back to like my, cause I had different expectations than you, but that was because I was familiar with the marketing. So I was going off of like this misleading marketing, but I mean, all of this seems to be solved by there actually being this sort of like reveal, pull back the curtain moment. And they're in some type of like virtual reality or something mm -hmm. like that. Right. If they yeah. were all, I can totally buy into this idea. They've all been kidnapped, but they're somehow they're incapacitated and they're hooked up to this like VR simulation where these mm -hmm. people get to live out their fantasies into right. being these sort of like these, they get to live out their racist fantasies and whatnot that I can at least buy into then. And that actually would be like a plausible black mirror scenario. Mm -hmm. You're imprisoned and people are living out this fantasy dig uh, digitally and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But again, like you said, there's, they're supposed to be capturing these brilliant people and yet we're never shown that they're brilliant, right? There's never mm -hmm. any sort of like ingenuity on their part or anything. The plan is always like, let's just escape when it gets dark out. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of like what I was talking about earlier in terms of the film doesn't have anything to say. I mean, how powerful would it have been? Of course, like the ending of the film, I love that moment, obviously. Like who doesn't love seeing these like white pieces of shit racists getting lit on fire, right? In a bonfire, literally getting a taste of their own medicine. Like that is a very sort of satisfying moment after this sort of uh, trauma reel that we've been enduring the entire movie. But I feel like before that, had there been a moment where these people are allowed to show their intellect and that's how they overcome mm -hmm. these people who all they know is violence and brute force, I feel like that would have been a much more sort of powerful moment because they spend so much time establishing how brilliant she is. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, do we ever really, is that ever really shown? I feel mm -hmm. like it's told to us. But have yeah. we ever really shown that in her solving a way to like to fool her captors or anything other than she learns which of the floorboards are creaky and she makes herself slippery by putting that ointment on herself. Mm. Like, I just felt like I was waiting for them to really allow this character to flourish as only she could and to show her dominance over her captors with her intellect. And yet it kind of just like played out exactly like you'd expect it to. Mm hmm. I mean, yeah. is that how you felt kind of like, I yeah. think that uh, Janelle Monet does a great job at what she's given, but to be honest, she's not given that much. Yeah. Um, I, and I remember her partner um, who was killed as she was leaving. And she says, I'm, I'm so sorry, professor or something like that. Yeah. And so, you know, that's that monologue at the end with the, the guy's daughter as she's just kind of firing randomly into the bushes and trees. Um, saying that she handpicked all of them that you know my father wanted you and you specifically and all this other stuff so you know that implies that they were finding these specific people to bring them and to you know break their spirits or whatever but yeah and, and I, I think that goes into what i was mentioning that it would have been more impactful if it showed them on this plantation coordinating and learning and working with each other and, and doing all these small things to outmaneuver or outsmart their captors. It, 
whatever whatever the case may be, you have four or five PhDs in the same room, they're gonna figure it out, like one way or the other. And I think it they could have the me- if the message was being powerful and, and intelligent, being a intelligent African American in the country is hard, uh, but they can you can persevere. Uh, I think literally having all these people persevere instead of one person calling her husband and then the police come and and then that's how it's resolved. It's not, it seems a little less realistic to me um, overall. I I mean, it becomes more realistic if they expose it, right? Mm -hmm. If they make everybody aware of it other than the police just show up at the end, which I thought was, they have that whole slow motion moment where she's donning the, um, the Yankee jacket and she's yeah. like riding through the battlefield in slow motion or the reenactment of a battlefield in yeah. slow motion. And then that moment, which is sort of like, it's almost like from a, a scene from like glory or something, that movie from back in the day, it's slow motion and everything. But then you just kind of like, you see all these like dumb white tourists that are kind of just like milling around and then all the cop yeah. cars show up and then the movie's over. And it was like, that's so anticlimactic to yeah. what the scene that we just watched play out that it almost felt kind of like a farce almost. And then yeah. of course you get them tearing down the sign. But I mean, I feel like there was such a more creative way to go about doing that. Or like you had said, show that you can be a, uh, a black African-American intellect in this country. It's more difficult, but you can persevere in yeah. whatever you want to set out to do. And you can make a difference you can have this voice that others tell you that you shouldn't like mm-hmm. that's her whole uh her whole background with her research and that speech that she gives and we see her on tv arguing with the uh that other pundit who's basically like trying to demoralize her or speak down to her and all these things mm-hmm. and yet none of that plays into her escape it kind of is just this very watered down i'm gonna use brute, i'm gonna match brute force with brute force which Sure, you get that moment at the end where she gets her literal revenge and she gives them a taste of their own medicine, but it kind of doesn't feel like it's really earned or it doesn't, yeah. it just doesn't feel like an impact really because we're so desensitized to violence at that point, I think, mm-hmm. that had we had that sort of like intellectual victory that sees real ramifications for these people, mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I don't really get the ending that they were going for. Uh, in right. terms of just like the setup that they spend the whole movie doing and then we kind of get this very deflated ending I thought yeah it's 10 or 15 minutes you know she has that kind of a kind of Rambo fight with that that woman where she's sneaking around the woods she gets her and you know they fight and she's riding off you know towards uh, freedom and then you know she she kills the woman and then, you know, she just keeps riding. She rides through the battlefield and the reenactment and no one looks at her. No one even like almost doesn't even acknowledge. I understand they're like explosions and their fights and all the stuff is going on around them. But no one sees this bloody woman riding a horse with an axe screaming at the top of her lungs. Like it's not acknowledged. And then, like you said, there's a bunch of tourists milling about. Some woman like records her with her cell phone as she rides off. No one says anything about that and the police come, you know, and that ending, they didn't have like a post credit scene of these people getting arrested or brought to, you know, court or anything like Mm -hmm. the people, the people in charge died. I mean, the, the, the general said, 
Um, we are every, this is not going to end with me. We are everywhere. We're nowhere. Whatever. This weird white supremacist. So, yeah. you know, it just ended. It was just like, bang, bang, bang. Like, you know, quote unquote, closure, closure, closure. These people are dead. That person's dead. She got free. Happy? No, I'm not happy. <laughs> I was like, it was I, lame. I, yeah, I mean, the, the entire film is obviously all about race or it wants to be about race in a meaningful way. And yet, I mean, what is the takeaway from the film then? It's like, mm-hmm. we, I mean, other than this is like, they're portraying it as like, oh, well, we killed all the racists. But I mean, the reality is, is that this hasn't really changed anything, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, again, it would have been, I feel like they would have had a more significant commentary or stance on something if it spoke about like how the country moves on in the reality that there are people like this. Right. And to Like to a certain degree, we don't have reservations, hopefully like this, uh, but just like this idea that, so what is the next step? It kind of just feels like this was a roller coaster and the film thought that it was having this sort of thought provoking conversation about race relations in America when at the end of the day, it's not really saying anything about the future. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that's so ironic that what's the quote that the movie opens with? It opens with this quote, the past is never dead. It's not even the past. And it's like, yeah, they've acknowledged the past throughout the course of the entire movie. But what are they saying about the future now? Mm-hmm. The lack of subtlety, too, when you mentioned that scene in the woods. Okay, she kills the woman and then she smashes her head off of the gravestone of Robert E. Lee, I think. It's a statue. Mm -hmm. And it was just like the camera lingers there for like five or ten seconds or whatever. And it's just like beating us literally over the head with the fact that, okay, it's referencing not only like our country's current uh, debate over statues of southern generals and things like that. But it's like it's so blatantly obvious what they're referencing. Mm-hmm. There's just like a lack of subtlety that I think really cheapens legitimate conversations that you can have and reference. Right. But I, I don't know. Moments like that, it just kind of speaks to me in that the lack of subtlety is doing a very legitimate conversation that we should be having mm-hmm. a disservice because yeah. it's so blatant. And right. in that regard, it's like, why even have that moment if, again, there's no conversation being had other than saying like, hey, you, do you recognize this current event? Mm-hmm. And it's something we should be talking about. Obviously, it's a conversation that is worth having, but you have to say something about it. Just mm-hmm. referencing it really doesn't provide anything. Right. And I think if there was uh, now, that you, now you put the subtlety and, um, you know, opening up, you know, these lines of communication, you know, opening up this conversation, if they and if they did have any exposition onto why they kidnapped these specific people mm-hmm. and what significance that is because there was a significant there, these people were handpicked and you don't find that out until the last 20 minutes of the movie that the daughter says um, you know my father wanted you specifically mm-hmm. and there's a couple other uh, quotes that you know I couldn't I don't really remember um, about you know these um, black intellectuals trying to shift, trying fighting for equality, pretty much, and then these people can't tolerate it. So, if earlier on, even during that flashback, they were talking about why they did this, why they set up this this plantation, why they set went through all this effort. I mean, this is a full production, 
and this is a lot of people, there's a lot of moving parts in this. Why did they go through this effort and handpick these people? And in that exposition, even if they didn't specifically say we're doing this to slow the progression of uh, African-Americans in the country, even if they alluded to it, I think that would have opened up a very powerful conversation as to race relations. Instead, in the last 15 minutes, like you said, they kind of referenced a, a, a current event and then the movie's over. Well, they even did it early on and I didn't realize it until I went back to rewatch the scene. But early on, there's like, again, within that first hour chunk, there's a scene where a lot of the Confederate soldiers are marching and they're chanting uh, blood and soil, mm-hmm. which is what uh, they were chanting at Charlottesville during that um, uh, the white when the white supremacists had that huge rally and then they murdered that woman. Um, again, that was like I felt that that was such an inappropriate uh, inclusion because a it gives away early on you don't realize it at the time but it blatantly gives away that this is set in the modern day that yeah. this is not set in the past and there's no uh, overlap with our understanding of time. But also like again it's such a sort of just like a cheap nod to a current event that happened without actually saying anything. Right. And I thought it did a disservice to the narrative as a whole. Like, had I actually been able to hear what they were saying, I would have been like, okay, so clearly this is modern day. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they just like ruined the mystery within the first hour of the movie. Right. So that was a scene where I was just like, well, you just did your own narrative a disservice because that's not, you like literally beat the viewer over the head with an Easter egg if mm-hmm. they could hear it. I, did, I couldn't hear it when they were chanting, so I went back with subtitles. But it was one of those things where I was just like, what an odd thing to include so early on in the movie. Once the big reveal happens, it makes sense if they're doing that, but the reveal didn't happen at that point. Having having that Easter egg, because I didn't, I didn't realize it at first as well. Like I, I heard him say it, and it was blood and soil, blood and soil, and that sounds really familiar um you know what what is it from and and now you say it was the um you know that chant in charlottesville but it wasn't subtle enough i think to be worth including if they included it afterwards like after the big reveal and um you find out that you know they've been kidnapping these people and then they say you know how the soldiers marching blood and soil or whatever else i think that that would have been a good if they wanted to use that because that is a fairly um i think that is fairly impactful having all these people chanting and it, it kind of speaks to the extent as to which you know white supremacy has infected the country mm-hmm. um, but that early on it made like you said i was like what what is that from like that sounds familiar i think put it including that in a different portion of the movie would have been just as strong yeah, I think that, again, had they had that play out after the reveal, if anything, it reinforces just how fucked up the people that are doing this are, mm-hmm. right? But right. so early on in the movie, it, it just it didn't make sense to me why that was included so early because it quite fundamentally reveals the big reveal prior to the actual reveal. Right. Uh, so narratively, when that happens, that was something that was very strange to me. But yeah, I don't know. I... I really wish that I actually had not seen the marketing for this movie, which is not how I would assume a studio would want it to be. But um, it's just, it was, they, I feel that this is one of the rare instances where, because trailers in the past have included scenes or bits of dialogue that haven't been in the final movie. 
but it's always been something that was inconsequential in the long run. And I don't know, I found that the marketing for this purposefully made a clear indication that, okay, our understanding of the reality of this is not what it is in terms of like, this is a simulation or the they're playing around with time. Mm-hmm. And for them to not even include either of those things, and had they included them, I think it would have been able to have a more impactful conversation on race in these topics that they so badly want to mm-hmm. say something meaningful in. I, I just find that it, it really soured my expectations the further I got into the film because I started to realize like, oh, this is going to be a very watered down version of kind of what I feel I was sold on based on the marketing material. Um, it was disappointing. I mean, that's something that I would be curious, like if other people felt that way in terms of like them being exposed to the trailers and things like that. But mm-hmm. definitely one of the, uh, one of the, I think more disappointing films for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just in terms of like you had said, we've seen examples of narratives that are similarly constructed sort of in terms of like this being having some parallels to the village even if the Mm -hmm. overall story is different but yeah this was for me this was probably one of the lesser films in terms of just because of like how sloppily i found it tried to handle very serious topics that we should be talking about and yet kind of just missed a lot of those opportunities for me Mm -hmm. and and now like to tie in because the Obviously, the people who I agree, I think I think some of these topics were touched upon, but they weren't very concise. Uh, I think they tried to do a lot and they tried to include a lot. And that may have been, you know, there, there's probably a lot more footage that was shot and that this is kind of the post-production paradigm that they were trying to do. And, they, you know, if they edited it differently, then maybe it could have been you know, a very obviously it would be a very different movie, but maybe the message that they were trying to reach would have been right on the nose, you know, instead of right. just kind of vague people are racist, you know, there's still racism in the country and then he was an extreme version of it. But I think to if if they tied in this kind of cultist mentality, if every time there's a microaggression to Veronica between, you know, her, between maybe even to the white characters, the white side characters, if they said blood and soil as kind of like a salute to each other to kind of a, to tie in that initial blood and soil like between, uh, I forget what that main woman's name was who kidnapped her, but she said, you know, looking for blood and soil or, you know, mm-hmm. tie in that phrase to signify how ingrained white supremacy can be in the country or potentially is in this, you know, this story again I think that would have been more impactful yeah and I think that I'm never obviously not expecting the filmmakers to give us a solution for this very real world problem that needs to be addressed but I feel like to end the to end the film with her just killing these people that were in charge of this racist uh, commune it's gratifying that those that the people that have been murdering all these innocent people got killed but I mean in the long run, what is, again, you're, you're purporting to be saying something about race. Mm-hmm. What is, what is the message then? Yeah. It's like, and again, I'm not looking for them to give us a concrete solution, obviously, because it is a problem that no two filmmakers can solve on their own. Yeah. But I feel like if I was a filmmaker and I was going to tackle a very sensitive real world topic that needs to be addressed, I would maybe 
just have it an idea of something to say instead right. of not saying anything. Yeah, and I think the final message, the final takeaway was that you need to meet violence with violence. I mean, that's the only thing you could take away from this, yeah, right? Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's the only takeaway is that you need to, if someone is oppressing you, you have to fight back just as brutally as they treated you, which it is not, it's not wrong, but I don't think it's what this movie should portray. I don't think that's what this movie was trying to portray because they spent so long um, making out Verona to be this well-read intellectual. Um, and so the ending seemed a bit out of character. Not that she couldn't fight or that she shouldn't fight or, you know, protect herself or what, but if you are trying to establish that, you know, she, I would have liked to see more of the intellectual side of her character instead of what a lot of movies have done. Um, the oppressed, the prisoner is fighting back, escapes, kills everyone, and then rides off into the distance and, you know, on horseback. Yeah, I mean, without saying like this is this is a right depiction, this is a wrong depiction. It just it seems to do a disservice to her character based on what we know. Because, mm-hmm. in essence, them saying like the only way to meet violence is with more violence, like you said, it's so out of character because we establish that her character is this intellectual that is about self empowerment and being above these things, mm-hmm. and it seems like that is what they are saying in the film. Up until that moment where they're like, well, you just kill everybody that tries to oppress you. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, There's, there seems to be a disconnect between their intentions and what they actually produced. Um, and I don't know if that has anything to do with sort of like you had said, like the editing process that this movie undertook and whatnot. But it just seemed very out of character and very deflating to what you assume it's building to. Because mm-hmm. it kind of has those roots of this idea that this woman, this intellectual woman is going to find a solution to a problem that makes her better than her captors. But if anything, it seems like they're dumbing her character. Her, they're bringing her character down to their level mm-hmm. to a certain degree. And that's without saying whether or not it's right or wrong, but it just seems that she is supposed to be this, this pinnacle of intellect. And yet the only way that she can find a solution to the problem is just to kill people, which... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it just felt like a very deflating ending to what they had built her up as throughout right. the course of the film. This uh, this was definitely a little more, a little heavier of a conversation than I was anticipating just because this film goes in so many different, uh, different directions that I don't know it necessarily indicated it was with uh, sort of the narrative that it was portraying in the marketing. But all the same, uh, it was a pleasure chatting horror with you again. Yeah, man. Good talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service and follow the show on Instagram at Daily Horror Habit and on Twitter at Daily Horror Pod for episode updates. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you guys next time.